Hi, and welcome to Humans Behind the Ads, a podcast of real stories about people who work in the advertising industry and what it's really like behind the scenes. Sponsored by Small Army. I'm your host, Paul Dome, head of content production at Small Army here in Boston. Today, I'm speaking with uh, Sophie London, who is a very talented woman. She's an art director at Small Army. Uh, she is a creator of a unique, illustrative Instagram account recounting stories of bad dates, and she's a singer-songwriter. Welcome, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. So, Sophie, you are an art director. For people that don't know what an art director does, they don't have a knowledge of the industry, what does an art director do all day? What an art director does is they take brands, they learn the visual language of that brand, okay. and they try to tell a story with it. It's more just like making design decisions of how best to translate that brand language into actual physical pieces, whether that's a video or a website or even just a header image for something else. Like it, just translating their language across visually is kind of what I strive to do. Yeah, it's almost like maybe giving brand some style. I would say that, yeah. Yeah. Now, before uh, the recording, I asked you if you had sort of a moral to your story, mm-hmm. um, which at Small Army we would say is like the core belief that like a brand has. Right. Um, that kind of drives what they do. And you answered, I believe, if you want something, go get it, which was a pretty inspiring moral. And has a, it's got some sort of strength behind it. Can you talk about maybe where that came from and maybe how it speaks to you? Because it when you, when you spoke about it, it had some real passion behind it. Well, thank you. Um, I think... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. To me, there's just something really powerful and gratifying with, um, like, if you want something, go get it. Like, really just working for what you want um, and really putting, putting your all into whatever you're going for. Um, and that's translated across my life in, like, a bunch of different ways, but I'd say it actually, like, it started really early. Um, Even when I was, like, living at my mom's when I was, like, eight years old and I wanted to go to the mall, I'd make a PowerPoint presentation because that's what I wanted to do. So it was, like, I had a goal. You made a PowerPoint I would make PowerPoints. At what age? (laughs) Well, maybe eight's an exaggeration, but, like, definitely, like, 11 for sure. Um, I mean, you just ran through that detail, which is fantastic. You said... When you were a kid, let's just say eight or ten, you made a PowerPoint. You couldn't just ask your parent, your mom, like, hey, I well, want to go was, to the mall. Okay. There was I, usually we need like... to know a lot more about this. <laughs> so there was that initial conversation, like, hey, mom, I want to go to the mall. I was usually met with, like, resistance because she has her own life to live. She doesn't want to just drop everything and take me to the mall. Sure. So to make a persuasive point and really just drive it home, um, I would go on my huge desktop computer go into Microsoft, uh, whatever PowerPoint I guess it was, and then just drum up a really crazy presentation with, like, all the bells and whistles, animations, everything, just to, like, really just tell her, like, hey, Mom, wanted to go to the mall. And honestly, nine times out of ten, it worked. So it was a little nuts. It's a little crazy, but it worked. That's fantastic. Did did you sit her down and... Oh, yeah, it was a whole just, presentation. It was did like, Did you project Mom, it like, on the wall or what? How no, did you... I mean, it would just be like in the den, like in the computer room. <laughs> but like, I'd sit her down and be like, listen, like, here's, here's what I'm thinking. And then just run her through the presentation. And she was usually just so blown away at like the time I had like wasted on this whole thing. Um, that she'd just be like, oh, fine, let's like, let's just go to the mall. So, so she gave in as opposed to just... Well, she was just impressed with, like, yeah. the, the drive behind it, I guess. 
That's fantastic. Anyway. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about kind of your creative maybe upbringing or kind of where the seeds of your creativity sort of started. I notice here in the studio you have brought a copy of a creative project that you did when you were also a kid. Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit more about what do we have here. Sure. Um, so what I have in front of me is a really old document. Um, it's a 11, 11 by 8 and a half folded in half magazine that I just kind of put together with staples. Um, and it's called Teen Sparkle. And there's a, there's a date on it. It says 2006. Um, the tagline under the title is Every Girl Has a Sparkle in Her World. I really loved reading magazines, actually. Like, we just grew up in a house where there was just always magazines around. So I was always mm. reading them. Um, and I think just reading them made me want to create my own, just seeing what else is out there and then being like, oh, like, I wonder if I could do something like that. Um, so I'm happy to take you through what it is. In the table of contents, there are there are three sections. Yeah, we need to get, let's get into um, this. Eyeshadow 101. <laughs> so that is, that is the first. And that's just like tips and tricks of how to wear eyeshadow art. It's fantastic. What okay. else is on the table of contents? Um, there's also, through. there's a quiz. And the quiz sure. is, what kind of flower are you? Wow. This is well before BuzzFeed ever did any of their quizzes. Absolutely. Like, okay. this was really cutting edge stuff. <laughs> And then the third uh, third section is hot or not. Hot or not. Hot or not. This so was in 2006? In well 2006. Before, well before that became a thing and then a thing. Yeah, it was like swiping before swiping, really. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Can we go That's through cool. the quiz? Oh, yeah. We definitely can. Yeah. Um, so there are five questions here. And this really, like, this takes a really good snapshot of, like, what it was like in 2006 um, because they're all, they're kind of time specific. Mm -hmm. But the first question is, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? So the options are Paris, Hawaii, England, or L.A. And I mean, know, I... know that when you are taking this quiz, this will determine what kind of flower, flower. you are. So I'm not sure where I thought the connections were, <laughs> like, happening all this but it made sense I think it's my... fantastic I love that the question yeah. is if you could go anywhere oh yeah and then you're only given four choices <laughs> I know it was probably <laughs> just I love not that. super thought through but... yeah it, it's great and all right so Paris London Hawaii and LA I would say London all right okay cool um, question two, if you could hang out with one celebrity who would you pick okay this is gonna date us here exactly so right. we have Paris Hilton Mm. Orlando Bloom, mm -hmm. Misha Barton from the OC, by the way, mm -hmm. um, or Amanda Bynes. Uh, I'm probably going to go Orlando Bloom because okay. I remember him from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is probably <laughs> around when. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> okay. We're not going to fact check that. We're yeah, just going to yeah. let that go. Uh, what is your favorite movie? We have oh. Legally Blonde, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, Rent, Prime, mm. or The Pink Panther. I don't even remember what Prime was, I don't but apparently even, it was big. I, yeah, it big was, enough to make the quiz. It, yeah. It made it into publication. Yeah. Um, what are my options again? So Legally Blonde, Rent, Prime, or The Pink Panther? I mean, probably The Pink Panther. I, I would say so. Yeah. All right. Um, so this is getting into, like, real 13-year-old girl territory, but you're yeah, given... because the first part wasn't. <laughs> exactly. So you're given an ultimate shopping spree. Where do you head first? <laughs> See, you were also thinking marketing, right? This is well, great. Well, exactly. So option A, I can't decide. There's way too many. Mm. Um, B, Hollister. Yeah. C, American Eagle. 
or D, Aeropostale? In my mind, those stores are all the same. <laughs> well, they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I know but... they're not. Um, subtle differences. Very subtle difference. Um, I am going to say American Eagle. Okay, solid. Um, okay, last question. The determining factor, not really because it's all kind of like combined. But um, what's your favorite song? So we have... <laughs> <laughs> I love the way it's asked. What's your favorite? And then here are four choices. And then you only get four. And yeah, then you no, only exactly. get four. Yep. Um, Doncha by the Pussycat Dolls. Mm-hmm. SOS by Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Or Pump It by the Black Eyed Peas. Ooh. Probably Pump It by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> okay, Rad. All right. So I think based on your answers, you did mostly Ds. So... Oh, okay. So the answer, you're a fun-loving daisy. Thank you. you. Bring... <laughs> so you can bring the good nature out of anything. So anyone would love hanging out with you is my description. Uh, amazing. So, I mean, what that's pretty the... flattering. That's great. Thank you. That makes me feel very good. The last section is just the hot or not page, which you can't really see via podcast. But it's really just a on the left side of the page, there's things that I thought were really hot at the time. Name a few of the things you're seeing under the hot side. Um, so there were Ugg boots. There were mm-hmm. um, those Dooney and Bork, like, uh, purses. There were um, some Juicy Couture sunglasses. Juicy yep. was really big at the time. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I never owned anything Juicy because, obviously, that was way out of out of budget. But, um, yeah. but I always wanted it. Um, those, like, little smock tube top kind of things, those are really big. Yeah. And then is, the, under the knot? And then under the knot. I'm seeing heels. Well, they're heels. I'm not really <laughs> sure why I wasn't liking them. Like, yeah. looking back, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, there's, like, a crocheted bag that's, you know, like, kind of ugly. And then there's cargo pants. They're still, still I would classify under the knot page. Mm-hmm. Cargo pants will never come back. They're not coming back. They I try. I don't think they are. They're not coming back. You can try, but I don't think so. Um, thank you for sharing this <laughs> sort of window into your world as thank a teen. You. It's uh, a little wild, but... Thanks for taking yeah, but it in. You're welcome. But it's really fun, and it's really neat to see your creative brain at that age and to see where you are now doing some of that type of thing for a living. I would say so. Um, whether you realize it or not, that that sort of essence of creativity care has carried through your life thus far. I would agree. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and now you're also a songwriter and a performer. I am, yes. So what is it about songwriting that speaks to you? What speaks to me about songwriting is being able to craft something catchy that people remember, that people can relate to. Hmm. I think that's always what's spoken to me about music in general, is like, what's going to stick with me? What's going to be that earworm that's like in my head all day? I want to create that. Hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned you want something that people can relate to. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Um, There's so many songs in the world that are about love or breakups or loss, songs about anything, but it's because they they relate to people on some human level and people love to hear what they know. They love to hear um, similar shared experiences and I think that's what brings people together. That's why concerts are amazing because everyone's experiencing that that same song. They're, um, I don't know, they're in that same mindset, I think. And that's kind of magical. Yeah. So there's something about sort of sharing messages that are universal that kind of speaks to you. Definitely. What instrument do you play? Um, I play guitar and I sing. Okay. Yeah. And where do you get your ideas for music? As far as the songwriting process goes, maybe a melody will just kind of 
happen if I'm just kind of noodling around on my guitar. And then I might just have that topic of like, oh, I want to write a song about like this person that I saw uh, like at the train station one day and then just kind of riffing off of like that one little idea. And are you currently performing or do you have gigs around the Boston area? I do. Yeah, I um, I do want to go to more open mics in the Boston area. Um, there was a time when I was going to them all the time, but then life happened and things got crazy. Yeah, but, you get busy. Um, but there's a really amazing community of musicians in the Boston area that I think are wonderful and support each other. And I know that if I walk into a bar and I see them, like we just pick up right from where we left off. Hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. We need to talk about this Instagram account because it sounds like <laughs> this is a uh, this is an Instagram Instagram account that recounts stories of bad dates. Are these your? They're not. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. <laughs> okay. Because <clears throat> I looked at them, I'm like, oh my gosh, Sophie's had a oh, lot, yeah. had a lot of bad dates. They're awful dates. This is called the Bad Date Project. Okay. Um, it's just at the Bad Date Project. At the Bad Date Project. Um, it says what it is. And it really is just a compilation of bad dates that people have submitted to me um, just over over the internet. And I have taken them and illustrated them in what I think is like that prime moment of the date when it kind of tanks. Um, when the wheels start to fall when off. When the wheels start to fall off. Yeah, exactly. What am I doing here? Um, but I, I think the goal, the goal <laughs> of creating that account was really like I, I was on dating apps for like a little bit and it was it was weird and there were some there were some bad instances but I really liked talking about the bad dates to my friends because they were hilarious like mm-hmm. people loved like people, kind of people love stories of bad dates people love that and people love commiserating they love yeah. to hear mine and then being like oh I went on this really bad date <clears throat> and then we'd ultimately just have like a whole night like talking about our bad dates and that was really funny to me so I was like oh I wonder what would happen if I just kind of like compiled all these together I hope you keep doing more of it because they're Thank they're you. super funny, and I'm glad to know they're not just you. Oh my god, that'd be so traumatizing. Because it was so. I was looking at these. I'm like, she's gone on a lot of bad. Nope. Dates. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent. And and sort of the you use kind of like a simple stick figure, like a little bit like stick figure undersells what you're doing. It's like it's this unique, it, but it's simple kind of line drawing. Yeah. Well, they're just like. But they're they're expressive. In a way They're that, like, stick figure enough. kind of undersells that. Yeah, and I feel like since we're, we are talking about bad dates, like, the drawings themselves shouldn't be amazing. They should be almost a little bad, like, almost, like, lovingly bad, <laughs> if that makes sense. It totally does. Cool. Yeah, the aesthetic of that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So w- would you say that um, there's this connection between kind of the sense of expressing yourself um, and connecting with others? Yeah, I think that's actually huge. That's pretty much kind of the basis around um, what I strive for as as an art director, as a singer-songwriter, as someone that likes to create things. I want to create things that bring people together. Yeah, and you oftentimes do it in a, in a visual medium. Yeah, right? and it doesn't have to be like the obvious answer, like, oh, her bad day project, like, people wouldn't see that and be like, oh, she's doing that to bring people together. But at kind of like a really bottom level, like, that is kind of the goal. Yeah. So this podcast is called Human Behind the Ads. What does being human mean to you? And can advertising be human? Ask them the big question. I know, right at the end. <laughs> um, I think after this conversation, 
And through this, like, self-examination, <laughs> <laughs> I think it really is about finding that sense of belonging and finding that place where you feel like your best self. Mm. I like that. Cool. For people that don't know much about advertising, is there anything that you think would be helpful for people to hear, like, that might change perception, give a little bit more insight? You know, most people know about advertising through the movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. I think advertising is really changing. I think it's changing in the sense that people have ad blockers um, and they're not necessarily looking at maybe an ad that they relate to, but they're looking at brands that they relate to. Hmm. So kind of developing brands in a way that are more human and that connect to people on that on those human traits and less at like the ads themselves. It's more about what is the what is that brand saying? I think that's why I like it so much is because we're trying to get brands to to be better. Right, right. And there's a strong sense of people wanting to connect with brands that, that they believe in. Exactly. Like there's a lot of talk of belief-driven marketing. Yeah. And people caring about a product be, for, the, for the sake of what the product does, but also they want to feel good about the company that they're supporting. Exactly. Right? So it's important for brands to be sharing their perspective, what they believe, and all that stuff. Yeah. So if I can play a role in making that better and making that a, a more fluid process for everyone and making them seem more loyal, then... That's all good. <laughs> then that's all good. Do you have any words of advice for people who are trying to break in the industry? Keep working at your book. Like, keep keep looking at work out in the world and apply that kind of strategic thinking to, to your own work. Not saying go copy stuff, but, like, get inspired. See what's out there. Go to museums. Look at ads out in the world. Look at brands. Like, stay involved. Just meet people. Stay active. Stay active, Stay yeah. in it. Yeah, cool. Um... Well, Sophie, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk uh, with me today and share, you know, more about your life, um, you know, and where sort of your creativity happened and how it's flourished as a singer-songwriter and certainly now as an art director at Small Army. It's been great chatting with you, and um, I hope someday Teen Sparkle uh, does make it into circulation. Maybe, maybe it'll hit the press. We don't know. But uh, thank you so much for having me. You're I appreciate welcome. it. Humans Behind the Ads is sponsored and produced by Small Army. Check us out on Twitter at Humans Behind the Ads. Remember, we're all human. See you next time.